Ukulele Tales, the ukulele podcast with John Atkins. Hello and welcome back to your midweek treat, Ukulele Tales, the ukulele podcast. As ever, the show is very kindly sponsored by Carla Music. So if you go to carlabrand.com slash uketeacher, you'll get a 10% discount on any ukulele or in fact anything at all on the Carla website just because you listen to this podcast. So, thank you very much to Carla. Okay, welcome back to the show, and this one is a goodie. My guest today is the inimitable Ron Telpner. Not necessarily a household name in the world of ukulele, but an absolutely unique, ebullient, and, dare I say it, inspirational character with an incredible story to tell. Now, I don't want to spoil it too much, as he tells it far better than I ever could, but in short... Seven years ago, Ron received a cancer diagnosis and was told he had just months to live. So he decided to take up the ukulele, learning and posting to Instagram one new song a day. And seven years later, he's still very much alive and kicking and absolutely larger than life. Ron really is one of a kind, and not just because of his Dylan-esque vocal stylings and inimitable fashion sense, but also because of his incredible positivity. In this interview, we talk about his cancer, we talk about his previous career in marketing, how he discovered the ukulele, and how he now tries to give back to the community, raising money to buy ukes for underprivileged children and their families. Also, we touch on his annual Ukes Not Nukes, Ukulele for Peace, Stand By Me virtual flash mobs. Also, we talk about how he attracted so much attention to his performance at NAMM, that he nearly got the entire Carla booth closed down. Not bad, considering it was his first ever live performance. We'll talk more at the end, as ever, but I just want to say that even though I've known Ron for so many years, this was the first time we've ever got to sit down and have a proper conversation, and I'm really grateful for the time that we spent together getting to know each other. Now, Ron's a really great guy, and I really hope you'll enjoy getting to know him just as much as I did. Now, as ever, if you want to send me a message, please go ahead and email uketeacher at grabyouryuke.com to let me know your thoughts on this episode, so I do read and reply to every single message I get. Eventually. And make sure you look up Ron on Instagram too, as I guarantee his feed will bring you a little daily burst of positivity and a nice warm feeling inside too. Anyway, enough from me. Let's check out from NAM 2023, just a few weeks ago, my conversation with Ron Telpner. So I will. Can you spare a penny for Guy Fox, Day? Eh? Uncanny. <laughs> it's as if Dick Van Dyke were in the room himself, yeah. <laughs> Ron, amazing by the way. Firstly, thank you so much for spending the time, taking some time to chat with me. You were an inspiration to me playing, John. I remember those first videos where you said, now grab your uke. And then I thought, and if he can sing, I could sing. Well, <laughs> so you're saying, you're saying I inspired you to sing. Absolutely. Thank this, you for, in spite of all of that. In spite of everything. <laughs> and here we are performing at NAMM 2023. It's shocking. Unbelievable. It is really shocking. Unbelievable, yeah. You know, and for me, Seven years ago, I was told I had three months to live. Yeah. A doctor said, if you sing out loud, it'll help you. And with the help of the great medical team and all kinds of wonderful meds, I'm still here singing. 
Terrific. And, and because I spent my life in advertising and doing presentations, when I discovered Instagram and was able to start posting, somehow, I guess my, my OCD kicked in and I've been posting every single day with a new song for seven years. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. And uh, you just played live in front of now. I think you nearly got the whole show closed down. I did get the show closed down. <laughs> yeah. I'm proud of that. Yeah. What happened? Was it just too loud or something? They said you're not allowed to do concerts ah. and you can have a five minute uh, product demonstration at the half hour point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The NAM police, the NAM police closed me down. I didn't get to do my, my Leonard Cohen hallelujah. Oh, that's too bad. And, and I had cut it back because Leonard wrote 180 verses. Is that I, true? It's or? true. Over wow, the course okay. of eight years, yeah. I was only going to sing seven. Only going to sing seven. <laughs> only going to sing 70, maybe. Yeah, 70. Yeah. No, that was, it was a terrific show though, Ron. But Thank you, you. Have you ever performed live before? No, but, you know, having uh, spent my life in advertising, and I was a creative writer and presenter, and so I was used to being in front of an audience, selling an idea. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, for years I did Calvin Klein's advertising, then uh, Polo Ralph Lauren. I wrote quips for Kenneth Cole. And then I had financial clients who actually paid the bills. Right, okay. And uh, so I was always in front of a group. And I was always, I wanted to be the best dressed guy in the room. Yeah. So they would at least have some respect for me. Well, tell us about yeah. your dress sense. I think that's what makes you stand out from a lot of other people. Well, I am known as Mr. Dress Up. And uh, I think my mother must have done this to me because I've seen pictures of myself as a three-year-old with Ronnie embroidered on my collar. And because I always loved fashion. And if I didn't go into advertising, I probably went in a bit in fashion. And so... And, and I, I have to tell you, scleroderm is a challenge. But when I dress up in the morning, I feel good. Yeah. And when you're feeling bad, if you look good at least, you've, you've won in the That's battle. half the battle, right, yeah. And so, but I've always believed that you never wear the same thing twice in a week. So it is not easy for me to pack. Right, how long have you come, come out for? Like uh, three or four days or something? Well, th th three days here, but I was in Palm Springs uh, for almost six months. I go back to Toronto on the 22nd. And there's a lot of hats and jackets and sneakers involved. My goodness, yeah. Yeah, I saw someone pulling up to the Marriott yesterday with, um, you know, those big trolleys full of sort of uh, suit jackets and things. And uh, I was wondering if that was maybe yeah. part of your entourage or something. Maybe. No, no, you know, my wife has always said that if I'm ever homeless, I'll be on the street with rolling racks. Yeah, full, <laughs> rolling full, racks. Full of clothes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, well, so I didn't realize you were from Canada, actually. Mm -hmm. So I started out in, uh, in Winnipeg. Yeah. And... Uh, as a teenager in Winnipeg, I had a transistor radio. Now your young, your young listeners won't even know what that is, but a transistor radio, I'd be in bed late at night, my parents would think I was asleep, and I was listening to WLS in Chicago and listened to all the rock and roll songs. And uh, somehow they just stuck with me. Yeah. And then when I started singing, I'm like, those are the songs I want to sing. And uh, once in a while I'll do Taylor Swift or Harry Styles, but it's all that rock that was, as I grew up in an analog time, Yeah. and they, it was great storytelling, I thought it was really musical, and that's the kind of music I play. Yeah, and did you play any music as a little kid? Never played a thing. You didn't? Never, no, in fact, when I, when I took ill, I went to the Halliburton School of Art and learned, I took a ukulele class, and I hated it every day because they taught me how to read music. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, it's like learning Latin in school. Yeah. You'll never use it. Anyway, that was on a Monday, Tuesday, I said, I'm quitting. Wednesday, I said, I'm quitting. By Friday, I could read music and I was able to play. Really? And that changed everything for me. Oh, amazing. So you're a reader. Uh, yeah. Well, now it's hard because my eyesight is affected and right. it's hard to see the notes on those lines. 
You know, that's yeah. why a Kindle is such a great di discovery because you can make the Pinch type. Zoom, you right. can make the. Yeah. You can make a 500-page book look like 3,000 because yeah. the type is so big. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I've spoken to like really like highly regarded players who don't read music, don't know how to read music, you know, so that's a useful skill to have. I it guess. is. But, yeah. It is. Yeah. That could be my obituary. The headline will read Ron Teltner reaches room temperature uh -huh. and it'll uh, and then the first line will be this wasn't my idea. Yeah. And the second was I could read music. Excellent. Well, why not? You know, why not? <laughs> so when uh, so when did you so you started the ukulele? What is that, like seven? Seven years ago. Seven years ago. And, right. I, and then my daughter got me onto Instagram and said, you know, Dad, you should, you should do this. And one of the first people I met was my friend Sarah Stevens. And Sarah is an amazing musician. And she was doing this a tribute to this cellist who performed nude. Yeah. So Sarah would be the naked ukulele player. And she'd, you know, have the ukulele over her boobs. So you right. wouldn't really see anything, but it was very erotic in that way. So I met her online. She invited me to a concert in uh, Niagara. She lives in St. Catharines. And uh, um, Banjalele Tin Man. Yeah, yeah, Christop Chris, was, Christopher, yeah. Was yeah. playing uh, upright bass with Bill Haley and the Juniors. Um, Bill Haley and the Comet Junior was doing a show at a casino. So I pulled up to Sarah's place, met her family, met her husband. We drove to the casino, watched this. And on the way back, we talked about playing together. And uh, I told her my story and she said, well, we should do something. Let's do something. Let's give back. And we founded this ukulele flash mob for peace. Yes. And, yes. and so that was seven years ago that, that, that she and I started this. We started playing as, as a duet and uh, we've recorded an album. This um, October 1st will be our seventh year. Kala has been a wonderful sponsor for us and they provide us with ukuleles to give away as incentives. But we have literally thousands of musicians around the world now playing Stand By Me with the hashtag Ukes Not Nukes. Yeah. And uh, that's my way of sort of giving back and doing, making a difference, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get back to that in a second. Okay. I just, I just wanted to tail back on something which I may have to yeah. cut out. But when you said that she performed the uke nude, I thought you meant on Instagram. But are you saying she did that in person as well? No, no, she did it on Instagram. Oh, okay, okay. Not when you went to the concert with no no uh, no Tin Man. no 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 she did it on Instagram which is how I discovered her in the first place okay and I had no idea okay and uh, so we played together in fact we actually played <clears throat> I want to say let me just say my birthday suit came with a vest right okay <laughs> <laughs> what, what do they call it in in the UK it's not uh, a vest it's yeah, a waistcoat yeah no if, uh, well what do you what do you mean like an undershirt or? no no like this oh, yeah if, a waistcoat yeah waistcoat. yeah 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 you have interesting expressions like a jumper yes yeah, yeah. a sweater for you a guys sweater, right? yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, mine comes with a lot of wrinkles, but uh, that's, uh, yeah, well, okay. So let's go back to the yeah. flash mob. You're still piece. stuck on the naked part, I I'm, think. I'm trying to move on from it. <laughs> <laughs> so, she, so you basically every October 1st. Every October 1st, wherever you, that day falls. Yeah, ukulele players from around the world. And I've done this a couple of times and I would have mm -hmm. done it more, I'm sorry, but it's been, you know, things are busy sometimes. But I have, that's the I have problem with it. having a child at home. Well, John. that's exactly it. That's my, although to be fair, I use that as quite a, as an excuse quite a lot for other things as well. But. I still use it as an excuse and my kids are in their 40s. Yeah, right. So, so we basically, yeah, ukulele players from all over the world, they make cover versions of uh, Stand By Me. Cover versions of Stand By Me. Sometimes there'll be a group that does it. I've seen a, a class of, of students doing it. I've seen people in seniors' homes. Yeah. Uh, it's quite an amazing movement. Yeah. And people look forward to it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I give up prizes, and Sarah and I do a thing live on air, pulling names out of a hat and, and awarding it, ukuleles. Is it to raise money or just awareness? Just awareness. Or, yeah. Just awareness, you know, to raise your voice. And I've always believed that if everybody played the ukulele, the world would be a much safer and peaceful place. No question about yeah. it, yeah. And the people who play uke, like yourself, I've never met anybody who's playing ukulele that has bad attitude yeah. or that has, has negativity about them. There's well, something magic about it. You'd be surprised, Ron. <laughs> I, I have to say, like for me, 99.9% .9 of people have been incredible. Like, which is way, a way higher percentage than any other walk of life, yeah. But they're as just a, jealous of your sex symbol image. That God. could be it. That could be it. No, as a rule, like the youth community, they're just beautiful, delightful people. And mm -hmm. I'm not even being like facetious or something. Like, it's just. No, it's true. You're right. It's like a really good bunch of lads, yeah. But you know, it's interesting. I've gone to festivals. And it's a much older crowd that goes to these things. And I don't know if it's because they can afford to come to it or they have time on their hands, but the ukulele is an amazing instrument. And I think more young people have to be playing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I suppose so. I feel like when I started doing this about 12, wow, 12 years ago, I think I started. Um, you were just in junior high school, weren't you? Oh, come on, no, I was already an old man. <laughs> but it, it was a lot of kids. Like at that point, I think it, it, I mean, it's sort of, I mean, it has appeals to all kind of different generations, I think. Mm -hmm. But there certainly was a younger audience as well. I don't know, but I think now people are learning it at school as well. They so are. I've, they I've are. this with other people. Well, you know, I'm a, a fundraiser for the Dome U School. It's a, uh, in, an online, well, it's, it was online during COVID. It's a, a, an in-person program in Toronto and Melanie Doan and her, and her teachers teach 900 inner city kids a week to play the ukulele. And she's throughout all the inner city schools. And these are kids who come from either broken homes or no money or whatever. They get ukuleles. And sometimes we make them pay for it, even if it's a dollar, because they own it and it's yeah. theirs. And it's often the first new thing they've ever had. Wow, okay. It was I'm a challenge during COVID because a lot of these kids didn't have a computer at home. To be able right? to do a class, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I never. Really you always about take that. these things for granted, but I mean, I try not to take it for granted. But yeah, you're right. When COVID hit, like I know it affected everyone differently, but uh, there was just kind of like an acceptance. Okay, we're going to be digital for a while. Everyone's going to be on Zoom and, yeah. and all that stuff. But yeah, you don't think about like families that don't have the internet or don't have a computer or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, that's mm. hard. So, how do you raise the money for these ukuleles that you're giving out? Um, I put them. the squeeze on people, Yeah, you know, yeah. big corporations who, in, in, like all governments, and I don't know, understand this, when governments start cutting back, they cut back on health care and on education. And so in, in Ontario, there's rarely a music teacher in a school anymore or a music class. Really? Because wow. it's just seen somehow they, they, it's, an, it's an expense. Yeah. So we go in and teach these kids and they, you know, the hand-eye coordination, the joy of playing. Yeah. And so we'll, I go after grocery store chains, banks, anybody who I think really has a vested interest in having this new group of, of our leaders grow up in an environment that's both musical and, and a camaraderie that happens when the kids play together. Yeah, it's a shame. I, I do feel sometimes the political classes see the arts and music as like a luxury, like a, an, not a necessity, but there's so much yeah. you can learn from it. It's, it's not just sort of, I mean, playing music, uh, don't get me started. It's confidence building. Yeah, it, it, it's so much, like you said, hand-eye coordination, confidence. Um, it's just basically the way I look at it, it teaches you to think in a new way. You know, Absolutely. creativity is never wasted. Absolutely. You know, when I started playing and 
you know, I guess one of the challenges I had beat cancer and dealing with the scleroderma, I started memorizing a new song every day. And nobody has memory anymore. You're, you're, you know, you don't even know anybody's phone number. It's I don't all in your, my own phone. It's number in one. your phone. Yeah. You know, or you yeah. ask someone else, what's your wife's number? You have to look it up. Yeah. Right. And you probably still remember your number when you were a kid at home. For sure. I remember you know, my, when you had a landline. Yeah, yeah. I remember when my you had friends' numbers when I was a so, kid. So now that memory, that part of your brain is not being exercised. So learning a new song, learning the lyrics and the notes is such a, to me, is a joyful accomplishment. Yeah. And if you can do that, you can stay sharp. Yeah. How are, you, how are you doing health-wise? I'm, uh, can I say I'm yeah, You can I'm, say it, I'll probably bleep it out, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, I'll have to bleep that out. It's been hard. It's been hard, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I've had all kinds of treatments. I meditate every day, I do acupuncture, I'm grain-free, very little alcohol. Right. I, I exercise, try to get those 10,000 steps in. Yeah. But scleroderma yeah. is like rust. It never sleeps. There's no cure for it. But the people who got diagnosed when I got diagnosed and we're going to the clinic, they've all passed away. Yeah. So they think of me as a miracle. And, uh, and I attribute it a lot to the musicality, to playing that uke every day, to getting up and playing with a smile. Yeah. You know, even when you feel sh you get dressed nicely. And, um, and that's helped me. Yeah. And I get to inspire y younger people. I mentor kids uh, who want to get into the ad business, but also serve as an example that this isn't a death sentence, right? Yeah. I mean, no, it, yeah. Is, but well, it is, but yeah, it is. <laughs> but it doesn't need to be like an immediate no. one, right? Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, you, like I say, well, actually, I haven't said, what I, like I meant to say, you are like one of the most positive people <laughs> that I've come across, you know, the, the whole time doing this. It's, it's really inspirational. Thank you. you know, when, when, when I did get diagnosed and they said I had little time to live, my sisters flew in from Vancouver and Winnipeg to see me. And then we bought um, plots because I just had no idea if I was going to make it or not. Um, and we had to go to this, it was, it was called the uh, Mount Pleasant. And we went in and met with the guy who was in a, you know, a 12 piece suit, very somber, telling us all this stuff. And he said, you know, you can have a side by side or you could have one and you could be buried on top of each other. And of course, with my sense of humor, I said, well, if I go first, can I go face up and then you could turn her around and go face down and Patsy's kicking me under the table. Yeah. Going, be serious. Yeah. And then he said, would you like to see the coffins? I said, no. Yeah. Patsy, said, well, yeah, let's see them. And we saw these beautiful pine coffins they are very simple. And Patsy being the artist said, can I paint it? And they said, no, but you could, unless you take it delivery of it now and have a coffin at your house and then you can paint it and then deliver it when oh, Ryan goes. And I said, that's just nuts. So instead they've agreed that there will be colored markers, felt pens at my funeral and everybody can write me a note yeah. in that coffin. Wow, that's amazing. That's, and, and I yeah. find it funny. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there is a certain like gallows humor to it. Yeah. I've, I've recorded a song. As you leave the chapel, you're going to hear me playing my ukulele singing, we'll meet again, don't know where, don't Beautiful. know where. yeah, Vera Lynn. Vera Lynn. Yeah, that's a, um, she's English, right? I mean, yeah, like yeah. So she British, was the biggest star of World the War II. sweetheart, yeah, yeah. yeah. Terrific, what a great, what a way to go, you know? Yeah. Well, it was better than doing Louis Louis. Yeah. Well, I don't know, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm a lucky guy. I've had a very full life. I opened an office in uh, Toronto, in Denver, in Dubai. 
I have won lots of accounts and I've lost lots of accounts, which I thought was life and death when you lose some business. And I traveled the world until, you know, I was diagnosed with cancer. And then I looked back and thought, I got so fussed over things that really didn't matter. And what's important is your health, is your family, is your attitude. And that changed me. I, I've checked my ego at the door. And even when I play here, it's not for ego. It's like the, just the joy of being able to do this. So it's, it's, I think it's important that, you know, when people talk about fighting cancer, I talk about rolling with it, mm. you know, and making friends with it and then beating it. Yeah. So it's, it's really being, having a positive attitude is everything. Amazing. You know, when, when uh, I took ill, my daughter is uh, a nutritionist. She's a marketer like I am. You know, she dresses, she dances, she sings. But she started a school online called the uh, Academy of Culinary Nutrition. She was just written up in Forbes. Uh, her husband is a functional medicine practitioner. So when they gave me all these drugs, uh, mycophenolate, prednisone, all this stuff, they gave me the supplements to offset the negative effects of these, of these uh, drugs and an exercise regime and really the confidence to say, this isn't going to get me. And so Megan and Josh, and of course, Patsy has been amazing. My partnership with Sarah, which gives me joy and music. We actually recorded an album, uh, oh, yeah. which uh, it's a Christmas album and it's we love it it's called high for the holidays i think we probably made about a dollar so far right okay is it on spotify, it's on spotify. Okay, yeah, yeah yeah i had no idea great okay cool i'll have to check that out at christmas time christmas time yeah, yeah. last question i guess what can what's next for ron telpner and how can people kind of stay in touch with you you know i always say i in business my 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 philosophy was have have fun stay young make money now it's have fun, stay young, make music. And I think I'm just going to keep on doing this until I can't. And so there are times on Instagram where I think I can't do this anymore. But somehow this little voice inside me says, you can't let anybody down. You've got to be there. The one day I actually missed because the internet went down, I had people calling me to see if I was okay. Yeah. But, oh, that's amazing. So yeah. if you see a couple of days where I'm not there, send flowers. Yeah, will. Yeah, yeah, we will. We will. Ron, thank you so much. It's been incredible speaking it's, to you. Thank it's a you. pleasure. I really, and I have to say, you really did inspire me. And, uh, and I think with a voice like yours, I could sing <laughs> it. <laughs> if, if this guy can do yeah, it. Yeah, anybody can. Yeah. yeah. I'm kidding you. Really. You've been so helpful to me. And you probably didn't even know. I didn't. And but... so I'm only one of many that you have really helped along the way. Well, thank you so much. We'll leave it there. Okay. <laughs> thank you. So there you go. Thank you, Ron, for that absolutely terrific interview. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, Ron isn't necessarily a household name in the ukulele world, but his story is exactly the kind of thing that I had in mind when I started this podcast. And it's a real pleasure to share it with you guys and hopefully give you a little taste of what the ukulele, coupled, of course, with a positive attitude, can do. Now, do you have a story like that? Do you know anyone else who does? Well, I'd really love to hear from them, or you, so please drop me a message if you think it would make a good episode, as these are the stories that I want to share on this podcast. Uke teacher at grabyouryuke.com. Send me a message and let me know what you've got for me. And don't forget, if you'd like to help support the podcast, you can always sign up to my Patreon page just to throw a few dollars my way, and it will help ensure that I can carry on putting out this podcast 
for you. Likewise, another way you can help is simply to spread the word. I think this is a really good show. I think it's really great. I love doing it. This episode in particular. And I bet there is absolutely loads of people who would enjoy it. So if you're part of a ukulele community, if you're part of a Facebook page or something, or you have any uke-loving friends and family, please share the word with them. Just tell them to go and check out Ukulele Tales. There's a new episode every Wednesday, and I'm sure they'll be glad you did. Thank you once again to Carla for sponsoring this podcast. And don't forget, you can get a great 10% discount on anything on their website just by visiting my special link, www.carlabrand.com forward slash uketeacher, and it's much appreciated. Also, be sure to check out the new website, ukuleletales.com. Still very much a work in progress, but if you have any ideas or suggestions for how I can jazz it up a little, or any things you'd like to see on there, well, I'm all ears. Okay, I'll be back, same uke time, same uke channel, next Wednesday, with another great interview for you, and, as ever, it will be available in all the usual podcasty places. So make sure you're subscribed to the show so it lands directly in your device without you having to lift a finger. So I think that's about it. And so until next time, I love you all and I wish you the best. <laughs>